Hello, and welcome to the Area 831 podcast. I'm your host, Michael Gaither. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Emily Stansel. Before we get into today's episode, please take a moment to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Area 831 Podcast. That's where you'll be able to check out some of the behind-the-scenes content, as well as find out when our next episode will be dropping. It's also where we can see your feedback about the show. Tell us what you think. Let us know if there's someone you think we should be talking to. This is probably going to be our most topical interview we've done so far. We're recording this on June 2nd. It's Pride Month, and this weekend in Santa Cruz is the Santa Cruz Pride Parade and a whole weekend of a lot going on. Today, we're talking to Rob Darrow, the chair of Santa Cruz Pride. Hello, Rob. Welcome to our show. We're happy to have you here. It's great to be on your show. And I guess to get started, um, talk about yourself. How did you get connected with Santa Cruz Pride and what's your background? So I was born and raised in Santa Cruz and then moved away, went to college and did a lot of stuff in education and other places Then moved back about 10 years ago. At about age 50, I realized I was gay. So I'm somebody who came out later in life. And like many people, whenever they come out, I thought I was the only guy who was like that. And as I have come to know, there are lots of people that come out later in life. Um, so regardless of when people come out, it's all good, as I've learned. Um, but it's given me a unique perspective on gay life and LGBTQ history. And part of that is appreciation, appreciating the local LGBTQ plus history and appreciating the Santa Cruz Pride program that's been around since 1975. It's was one of the first smaller city prides to develop. And so I learned that history and know all the people who were around for that very first pride. They're all still alive and around and, um, and interested in being part of all of this. And so I've always been interested in what Santa Cruz Pride was doing. And then when the pandemic hit, the uh, people in charge weren't sure about if we should do anything or not. And my background is all in online learning and stuff like that. And I said, I think we could do some sort of virtual mm -hmm. pride. And so I helped do that. And then I just kind of came in charge after that. We're an all volunteer organization. It's not like we have any elections or things like that. The previous person had done a great job shepherding Santa Cruz pride for the previous five years. And it was time for somebody else to come in. And so I came in and um, have a, a great group of people that are working with me in putting on our annual Santa Cruz Pride. As you may know, last year was the first parade after a three-year hiatus because of the pandemic, but we had a virtual pride, then we had a picnic, and then we did our parade for the first time last year. So yeah. so that's how I came to Santa Cruz Pride. I, I, I'm an educator at heart, so I come at all of this from education. Um, I've been a teacher. I teach some classes at CSU Monterey Bay. I work with the County Office of Education and other things around those. but. Um, but I know how important Santa Cruz Pride is for LGBTQ plus people in Santa Cruz, and I'm happy to help shepherd the space to uh, make it a, a great place for everybody across Santa Cruz County. That's wonderful. You know, this question comes up a lot, and I think we're almost to the point where we can stop asking this question in all our interviews, but we're still asking it. So the, the pandemic hit, and it shut things down, but I think the fact that you had, a lot of us had to go online like if we were musicians, we live stream, people had to teach at home and people had to work at home that weren't used to using it or doing it before. So it was a real mix of abilities and comfort. But it sounds like with your online teaching experience, you were a really big asset to Santa Cruz Pride because you kept it going because you knew what to do. Right? Yeah, it, it was that that virtual pride was pretty fun. We put that together in like three weeks and we asked people to send short little videos as if 
they were in the parade. We asked people to send mm -hmm. us photos and we did slides there. And we actually had live speakers that came in. Uh, Justin Cummings was the mayor at that point and mm -hmm. he came in and we had lots of different speakers interspersed. It went way too long. I think that, <laughs> that whole event went like three hours, but you know, we weren't sure how the timing would go or whatever. And we were all at home anyway, right? We weren't right. Going Everybody was at home and you know, they were, people were listening in, but it, it could get a little monotonous, but um, yeah. So we just kind of rolled into that. We tested that those waters. And I think the most important thing I learned from the pandemic and that experience and experiences like it is it's important to create the space. Mm -hmm. The space may not be like we're always used to, but at least it's the space and the space continues ideas and thoughts and celebrations. So yeah. that's what kind of, you know, continued it forward. Yeah. Here's a thought. Did, did going virtual because we had to, did it bring in people who were maybe wouldn't go to a live pride event or didn't know about it because they had, they were, they had time on their hands to explore these other things that were out there. I, you know, I don't really know the, I don't really yeah. know the people that come to pride. I, I, my sense is that everybody who normally comes to pride was also there for the online piece right. as well. Right. I don't know that. Well, Oh, the plus part was that people from outside of Santa Cruz County could quote, there it is. come in and be part of that. Yeah. So there were, there are people who always come back to Santa Cruz because their pride weekends always in the first weekend in, in mm -hmm. June. And they've been doing that for years. Um, but for those people who live out of the County, they could be part of it. So that was the plus part. Yeah. For them. That was one of the little, one of those little silver linings of COVID as we were home, reaching out to people we couldn't reach out to before because we kind of had to. Yeah. Whether it was yeah. a virtual happy hour or it was a, an important event like Pride. Yeah. And again, because of my background in teaching people how to teach online and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. um, I knew it could be done. It's, you know, it's just a different space. Yeah. Um, and that, and the people's understanding, just as with other things in our lives, when you don't understand it, you're not comfortable with it. It takes a while to, to build that comfort. I would say to all of you, you're pretty comfortable at doing what you're doing here because you've been doing it a while, but I'll bet you or other people aren't as comfortable doing it because they haven't done it before. So so last year was the first year back, you said, live um, after right. the pandemic. Was it yep. was there like a renewed sense of excitement to be able to, you know, get together in person again? Like, was that do you think that was really felt last year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we had no idea what it was what was what it was going to be like, because none of us who were involved last year had been involved in parades or anything prior to that so we kind of learned as we went and then it was one of those you know drippy dreary foggy santa cruz mornings so yeah, it was exactly. all damp and rainy and <laughs> when i went down at eight o'clock and it's like i needed my rain jacket oh my gosh. <laughs> I, mm. I thought oh my gosh who's going to come out for this parade on a rainy on a rainy sunday morning everybody but there they were they were all <laughs> yeah. there there was you know i think you know, we estimated there were three or 4,000 people along wow. the parade route. So wow. um, it, it was I, there, it was a wonderful renewed sense of community and renewed sense of celebration of the LGBTQ plus community, um, doing it in partnership with Abbott Square and the Ma, um, and doing our um, festival on Cooper and on Pacific, like other events around Santa Cruz County really worked well for us. Um, but so that's, yeah, that's it was, it was fun. That's part of the the parade takes place downtown, or it ends and then there and then there's activities there. Yeah, it takes it it takes place downtown. Our parade has always been downtown. Um, I mentioned earlier the first Pride event was 1975. There there was no parade that year. The first parade started, I think, in 77 or 78, mm -hmm. and that it went down Pacific Avenue at that point. So our parade has always gone down 
some part of Pacific Avenue, either north or south or something like that. But hmm. for the for this year and for last year, we start down at Cathcart and Pacific and move up towards the town clock in that direction. Um, okay. And then the major pieces of um, the festival take place at Pacific and Cooper. So the parade actually goes through our festival area so people can finish up there and they'd be right there at the festival. That sounds nice. so fun. What other activities take place at the festival afterwards? So th that's the other cool part again, you know, because Abbott Square is, you know, developed so well over the years and they've got the Abbott Square stage, we partner yeah. with them and have our um, entertainers there on the Abbott Square stage. Um, this year we're going to have some um, some drag performers. Drag, you know, I'll go back to drag in just a minute, but let me finish with the activity. So <laughs> there'll be stuff on the Abbott Square stage. There'll be stuff on our what we're calling our street stage at the corner mm -hmm. of Cooper and Pacific. Um, Cheer SF is always a popular group that comes down from San Francisco with their big cheer squads and do all these different mm -hmm. routines and and Fine. share their their talents. Um, and then the Ma is open for free that day, and they're doing a an art project, kind of a memory box thing that um, everybody can participate in. They did the same thing last year. The The library is coming in and doing like a little story time in the garden room there in the Ma. And so that's all happening. And then also the uh, Boys and Girls Club is sponsoring Youth Pride for the second year. So people who are younger can go over to the Boys and Girls Club and experience kind of a, a customized afternoon event at two o'clock for them. So yeah, that that's every awesome. so then we you know because part of it is keeping spaces for lots of different groups of people and I will mm -hmm. will add that that for young people that there's not often spaces for young people to just hang out and do stuff so we're excited the boys and girls girls club has partnered with us for that as well as the Moffer families and you know then there's lots of opportunities for everybody to be involved. Reading up on you a little bit, um, you're part of the Safe Schools Project. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I don't really know what that is. And I think this kind of segues kind of nicely into another facet of kind of what you're doing and what Santa Cruz Pride is behind. Right. Yeah. So the Safe Schools Project works with schools and school districts to help them be more inclusive and welcoming to all students, but in particular, LGBTQ plus students. Um, it works in partnership with the Career Youth Task Force and with the Diversity Center. Um, we we are the ones that interact mostly with the adults in the schools, um, providing workshops and trainings and things like that. Um, our current initiative is to help schools in Santa Cruz County become what we call model LGBTQ plus schools, because there are things that all schools should be doing but not many are. And so we're working with several schools in our county to become what we consider model LGBTQ plus schools based on state laws that have been passed and policies and things along those lines. And ma many schools have bits and pieces of these elements, but there's no, no one school out there in the state of California that I'm aware of that integrates everything together. So I'll, I'll just jump in and say that a, a model LGBTQ plus school has many facets to it. Number one, that their teachers are teaching LGBTQ history and integrating LGBTQ plus topics into the curriculum, that they have like safe space posters, that they have events that that make the LGBTQ plus community visible. They um, should have some sort of LGBTQ plus club, which is some schools call it the GSA club, some call it the Rainbow Alliance, and they have other names for it as well across the county. Um, and then they, they have ongoing workshops where all the adults in the school 
no one understand the importance of the LGBTQ plus culture, the importance of pronouns, how to treat people, have policies in place when a child decides to transition or any of those issues related to the LGBTQ plus community. That's what a model LGBTQ plus school is. We don't have one yet, but we're getting close. And hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll be able to invite people in to say, come and see our schools because this is what, this is how they should look. So is this something that's, I'm sorry, and maybe I missed this, is uh, working locally and across the state. Um, you know, there's a lot of controversy in other states, you know, reddish states, if you will, where, you know, they, this is the sort of thing that they don't want in public schools, right? So just curious on like what your take is on, on kind of, you know, I, I thought, you know, LGBTQ plus rights were, you know, we're, you know, this is something that's moving forward and it's a lot more common, people are a lot more open and yet out of right field, you know, it's like, well, not everybody is feeling the same way. So, you know, how do you, like, what do you say to states who, want to do this but you know their governing officials may feel like no <laughs> you right know? like the, yeah, the level you of know, pushback yeah so I, I i really choose to focus on what we're doing locally and what we're doing in our state our state has a series of laws that no other state does our county has a series of laws that no other that very few other counties do as far as employment and rights of lgbtq plus people our schools and school districts way? In a positive, absolutely, okay. yeah. Okay. That are all protections and support for okay. LGBTQ plus students and their families. No other state has all these laws in place, especially for LGBTQ plus students. So that's number one, to know that we, we do live in this, this bubble. Um, we do believe that diversity is our strength and that students and kids and adults should read all different kinds of books. Um, and that that's our common belief across Santa Cruz County, right? It's an inclusive, welcoming space. Mm -hmm. I, I've said this to many groups of people. Um, as I've done this work, so I've been at this, this type of work now for about the last 10 years, helping schools and school districts implement the teaching of LGBTQ plus history, being aware of history and all the things that are going on. I, I don't know that there's another county as inclusive and as welcoming as Santa Cruz County. And Every once in a while, we get a voice that is counter to that. It causes all of us to be a little concerned because that is not the foundation of our county. It's not what I think the majority of people believe in Santa Cruz County. So for those people in other, other states and counties or other states outside of California, they need to pass the right laws at the state level. Um, in those particular states, they're all going the wrong direction. You know, we want to lift up all people. All people's voices are important. That's our strength in Santa Cruz County. Um, and so that's that's my response to the, to those other states. Um, I, I know there are LGBTQ plus people in those states that are just really having a hard time. And frankly, some of them are just moving out because mm -hmm. it's not a safe and inclusive space for them. So in California, we welcome them. In Santa Cruz County, we welcome them. Because really again, lucky. we want to... Yep, we are very fortunate. But, you know, I mentioned that the first Pride was in 1975. There were local lawmakers that were doing things in the late 70s, the early 80s to kind of set the foundation that, that we all are just building on around Santa Cruz County. So we we should not be having any of those conversations like they're having in other states because we want to highlight the wonderful things that are going on and the creativity and the positive aspects of of all the people in our county. 
Yeah. And and I'll take this as a segue into the drag artists. So the drag culture across Santa Cruz County has grown a lot in the last two to three years. Lots of people have, quote, dipped their toes into doing drag. And so we have a very vibrant drag scene across Santa Cruz County, and it's crossed over to Monterey County and Salinas and other places. And all the drag performers know each other and have performed together. And it's just amazing the, the work that they've all done, um, first of all, to be creative in the way they are, and, and then to share their craft with others. Um, through Santa Cruz Pride, um, we want to make that craft visible. So that's why on our stage, we, we're having drag performers at our Youth Pride. There'll be some drag performers there because young people don't have access to it because those mostly take place in bars for people over the age of 21. So that's a good there point. is a rich right. history of drag that, that coincides historically with broader development of the queer culture and all that sort of thing as well. So these are all things to celebrate, right? And to know about, to learn the history so that we can all become better as a community overall. And like you say, celebrate everybody and lift everybody up. Yeah. I like, I use the word bubble. That was in my notes too. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong Santa Cruz County native. And um, I always say, I love our bubble. I love our bubble. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we tend to think this is sort of a side question, but we, we think of Santa Cruz being liberal in a bubble. Are there, is there any resistance left against pride or do you encounter any kind of any kind of contention at all? Or is it pretty much open and celebrated like it should be? Uh, we get we get occasional negative comments on social media. Oh, yeah, that's um, social media. But yeah. um, <laughs> and, and, and it, it seems like it's become a little more pronounced this year than it was last year. Hmm. But um, but I really trust that, you know, the right people are going to come to the parade and the festival and celebrate. Um, yeah. And those that don't want to can stay home. Yep. Right. Um, and yeah. that's fine. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the good part of Santa Cruz County. And, you know, I grew up here as well, like you did. It's like, yeah. you know, we don't we we go to lots of different events. We appreciate the variety of culture we have across our county and mm -hmm. and we don't have to go to all of it if we don't want to. Right. People are welcome to like what they like and yeah. not attend the things that they don't like if right. they don't want to. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, they don't need to publicly make that known either. Um, right. Because that right. doesn't, you know, those, those, those negative comments that sometimes come out just hurt people. Right. When, and mm -hmm. what's the point of doing that? What, you know, pe like, we were talking earlier about people feeling uncomfortable about the things they're not familiar with. Mm -hmm. right. That's when, when those negative comments come up, that's what people are saying to me. They're saying, oh, I don't really understand the LGBTQ plus community and I don't want to understand it because I'm told it's wrong, right? Yeah. You know, well, yeah. that doesn't take us anywhere further right. as far as building our community and, and building, you know, our appreciation for everybody on in our yeah. county. And there's so, a lot of that yeah. sentiment politically across, you know, so. Correct. Yeah. 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 And, I, you know, um, the bottom line is, I think we continue to build what we have in Santa Cruz by having conversations and dialogue with each other mm -hmm. to better appreciate and understand all of us who live in our county to make yeah. it the county it is. And I think that's, that's a yeah. good uh, a good point to bring up for those of our listeners who might not be as familiar with the LGBTQ plus community. Could you could you mind would you mind telling us what each thing stands for for those people who might not know LGBTQ plus is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, LGBTQ. No pressure, Q, Rob. No pressure. <laughs> Q, Q stands for queer, in my mind, queer or questioning. And then the plus is is accepting everybody. Um, everybody else who's across the spectrum, a spectrum of, of 
of gender or sexuality, wherever they fit. The broader category people use is queer. For some um, older people, they don't like that term because it was a pejorative term for a while, but that's the term we all use. Most of the younger generation calls themselves queer. So that's okay. what those terms uh, mean. Um, I always use LGBTQ+, mostly because in our state education frameworks that teach us what to teach, that's the phrase they use. And there's also a national organization called GLSEN or G-L-S-E-N who puts out a, a media guide every year and they list all these terms and tell everybody what terms to use in the news. And if you listen to other news programs, most most of the time they use LGBTQ plus mm -hmm. and that's the reason for it. So yeah. that's why I use those terms. Some local groups use other other letters in there, um, which is fine too, but that's the LGBTQ plus. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Thank you for explaining yeah. that. Yeah, that that's really helpful. I think if you if you're looking for acceptance, understanding, or you know, I think using that that phrase, making it more of a standard is, you know, good for people who maybe aren't the familiar with it. Yeah. yeah. So you just brought up the word. You use the word standard, and I'll also say, we we talk about standards, and then we talk about normal, right? So in all our families, we have what we all consider normal, right? So anything outside of that, for some of us, is not normal, and that's where we get into trouble. We need to normalize all these conversations. We need to normalize the acceptance and uh, lifting up all voices and all right. people. And we've done, a, a really, I think we've done a really good job of that across our county, but we can always do more. So before we started recording, um, you were showing us your shirt. And I know most people are just listening to this and can't see what you're wearing. And I'll, I'll, I'll make a point of putting this little clip on YouTube so people can see, but why don't you explain to our listeners what, what you're wearing and what it symbolizes? Sure. Um, and, and maybe I'll start by pointing out that in one of those laws I talked about earlier in the state of California was passed in 2011. It was called the fair education act. And in that law, that law said to all our history teachers, you need to teach history from many perspectives. You need to teach it from European American history, from Asian American history, from LGBTQ plus history, from Pacific Islander history, that history should be taught from many perspectives. And so with that law, we have expanded how we should be teaching history in our schools. But my point in saying all that is there is a rich LGBTQ plus history that exists, but most people don't know it because it hasn't been taught in our schools. And even lesbian, gay, transgender people who live through these times don't pay attention to their own history because, you know, when you don't read it in school or hear about it, you really don't know it. So the pink triangle was a symbol that was sewn into um, people in the Holocaust concentration camps who were gay. Everybody in a concentration camp would have a different symbol that they wore. And so the people who were identified as gay men wore the pink triangle. At the end of World War II, uh, many of us may remember the picture in our history books of General Eisenhower freeing the concentration camps. The one group that was not freed at that moment were the men with the pink triangle because mm. they weren't sure how, because it was illegal to be gay in those days in Germany. So it took another couple of months before the men with the pink triangle on their outfits were actually released. There are very few stories of the pink triangle of men in there for a lot of reasons, right? You know, reliving what happened to them, but also the 
trauma of being gay at that time as well. So the pink triangle has now been reclaimed as a symbol of safety and inclusion for all people. Um, Santa Cruz, um, San Francisco pride celebrates that by putting the pink triangle uh, up on um, one of their big mountains every year um, as that symbol of safety and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So I invite everybody to go check out San Francisco later in the month. The pink triangle used to just be uh, pieces of fabric. I actually went and helped put it up one year. Um, and now it's a series of lights that, that light up that mountain. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. It is yeah. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. if you go to the pinktriangle.com, you can read all about the pink triangle and how they put it up in San Francisco. Got it. Great. Very cool. Um, so what can we all do to support Santa, Santa Cruz Pride? Besides attending the events, what else can we do? Um, so I would say, number one, to show up. I think it's really important for people to show up and just be there mm -hmm. um, to celebrate the rich um, LGBTQ plus culture we have across Santa Cruz and across the county. Um, the second thing to know is that 2025 will be our 50th anniversary. And we are looking forward to having a big celebration that year, hopefully a month long celebration beyond what we're currently doing. We're, we're building partnerships with different organizations, with performing arts groups, with all different arts organizations and people like that. So what you could do is if you're a member of any of those groups, you could start thinking about what you might do in celebration of our 50th anniversary in 2025. And then it would be great if you reached out to me, Rob Darrow. You can just email me at robdarrow at santacruzpride.org or go to our website. You'll see information along those lines is to think about what we can do as a community to really celebrate the 50th anniversary. Um, in addition, since, since I've been chair of Santa Cruz Pride, everybody in Santa Cruz County loves Santa Cruz Pride because it's just been a wonderful community celebration every year. And so whatever everybody else can do to help celebrate that would be awesome. What you might contribute as far as your talents is, is much needed. We have lots of needs in Santa Cruz Pride as we build our organization. We could use somebody that helps us with social media. We need somebody that could do merchandising. We need somebody to do our website. Several of us do all of that right now. And it's, you know, it, um, we really could use people who are willing to volunteer their time to help us with many of these aspects, as well as helping us to organize the 50th anniversary. So I'd say those are our greatest needs at this point. Good to know. Are there additional events happening this month beyond the event on Sunday? Um, so actually, our our first events are really happening today, Friday. Um, the Childish Bookstore is doing a drag story hour in downtown on Pacific uh, awesome. this afternoon. And then this evening, um, the Diversity Center and Bookshop Santa Cruz are having Tegan and Sarah, who are a, a singing Wow. Uh, Oh yeah, because they're they're playing they're in town for the Rio. That's right. For the Rio, they're they're a, a book talk. They've got a book that they've written about um, being lesbian and being in junior high school. Wow! So there's that that's happening, and then um, at Motion Pacific, there's what we call Majesty. Motion Pacific's putting on Majesty, which is really a number of drag acts that people buy tickets for and that sort of thing. So that's Friday. Saturday is always the Dyke Trans March that always takes place at the Town Clock at about four o'clock. <laughs> the Dyke Trans March has an interesting history as well, um, where some um, women <laughs> motorcycle drivers were at one of the first Pride events and thought, we need something on our own. So then they 
<laughs> spun off and do the Dyke Transmarks the day before. Um, also, Saturday night, there's a pride dance. And Santa Cruz High School, the Rainbow Alliance, is putting on a drag performance for young people at Santa Cruz High. So that's all leading up to Sunday. Sunday there's always begins. Yeah, Sunday, oh. Sunday morning always begins with a, a pride interfaith um, service put on by the churches in the area in downtown Santa Cruz. Nice. And then we roll into yeah. the parade and the festival and many people will end their event at hotel paradox at the pool party, which is another paid event. Um, but yeah, just come out and enjoy, enjoy all the events and take in as much as you want. Nice. And is there somebody, sorry, is there somewhere that people could go uh, like a website where they could see a list of all these events happening starting today? Absolutely. I'll, you know, all of our ongoing work with Santa Cruz Pride is at santacruzpride.org. Awesome. Um, I, I I just updated it earlier today. So it's all up to date, ready for the weekend. And you can follow us on Instagram, Santa Cruz underscore Cruz, or wait, Santa Cruz underscore Pride is our Instagram. And then we're on Facebook as well. So you, there'll be lots of posts in those other areas as well in an ongoing way. Um, I, I might add that, um, last year in October, we partnered with the Midtown businesses in the Seabride area and did some fun things around LGBTQ plus history month in October. So we hope to do some things along those lines in the future as well, before we get back into pride season next year as well. So, and I think the other thing to say is we do all of this and, and, and thanks to our many sponsors that helped to finance this, because we are all just a volunteer organization. Um, the diversity centers are financial agents, so they hold on to our money and help help pay our bills when when we need to pay our bills and all that. But um, there have been generous contributions from many businesses and individuals. So we want to reach out and thank all those people as well. Wow. Is there a, a favorite part of um, the parade or just what goes on in Santa Cruz this month uh, for you? Other than, you know, I'm sure everything, but is there something that jumps out <clears throat> like the one thing you look most forward to? So I think the other tradition that I've learned is that that there was some agreement years ago between Santa Cruz, San Jose, Oakland, and San Francisco about when all the prides take place. And the agreement was Santa Cruz would always have the first weekend in June and San Francisco would always have the last weekend in June. And the other ones would be somewhere in between or a different month and that sort that of thing. Ours. So you stay so out so you don't compete. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's a real honor to kick off the, the Pride Month, interestingly enough, in two years in 2025, the first Sunday of that, that month will be June 1st, which will be the literal first day of Pride Month in 2025. So awesome. those are just some things to think about in the future. For this weekend, I think the, the, the most exciting moment for me will be the moment the parade starts, because I'll be at the other end waiting for the parade. Hmm. But when I see, when I look down the street, and see the people lined up Th that part is was the most exciting part for me last year and i'm looking forward to savoring that moment a little bit more because it means we've created the space for people to come together and celebrate who they are and so that the beginning part of the parade is the most exciting part for me that makes a lot of um, sense yeah. yeah and then i will look forward to monday morning when it's all over too yeah. <laughs> that's an event you plan an event it's a lot of work it's yeah. important the event is fun like i'll do it like a the stuff I the, the music the music things and things like I'll get to a point during the evening where it's like I don't have to plan anymore I'm yeah, done yeah it's yeah. a it's a it's kind of a rush but it's kind of a relief it's it's it a is, mix right. thing, thing. but you're doing yep. like a whole weekend of stuff 
That yeah, I, I guess the other thing to bring forward is, you know, we, we must have, you know, close to between 15 and 100 volunteers in a variety of capacities from being parade monitors to barricade monitors, the um, helping out ahead of time with graphics and all those sorts of things. So it's really a fun group of people to work with. Um, and yeah. uh, that's, that's a lot of that's a lot of volunteers to coordinate. That's a lot of volunteers to coordinate. Yeah, fortunately, we've gotten the right. We've gotten some great people to coordinate our parade, to coordinate the festival, to coordinate our entertainment. Um, oh, and don't miss the entertainment. If you know, if you come out on Sunday, make sure you um, twelve forty-five on the Abbott Square stage. Um, the energy will be unlike anything you've ever seen on Abbott Square stage before. <laughs> <laughs> that's a happening spot. This is this is this yeah. is a really this is a really good one. Um, I think, I think this is, I think we're good. I mean, this has been a great talk. There's a lot going on. You're busy. You got a, you've got a little thing this week and you're planning. So, <laughs> yeah. um, any parting <laughs> thoughts? And I, again, I know you're busy. We really, really appreciate your time this afternoon. I, uh, just, I appreciate the work that you all do. I think the fun part of being in this role is learning about the, the many, many, groups of people doing a variety of things in Santa Cruz County that Santa Cruz pride can interface with and collaborate with um, because we all have important stories to share and there are many ways to share those stories. So yeah. I think that's the parting piece is we all have an individual and a group story to share. And so I thank you for sharing our story at this point. And we look forward to hearing the stories of other people to share them as well. Um, our, main vision in Santa Cruz pride is one of being visible and celebration of the LGBTQ plus culture across Santa Cruz County. So we will continue to do that. Um, and we invite everybody to be part of it because yeah. the, the other thing I say to many groups is that Santa Cruz County developed to become who they are because of the LGBTQ plus community and the LGBTQ plus community developed to be who they are because of the Santa Cruz County community. So it's a very important um, partnership and collaboration we all have together across the county. Yeah. And I'll remind listeners, go to santacruzpride.org and learn more about Rob and the work that the organization is doing and come out to the events this weekend. We look forward to seeing you there. Well, that was a great conversation we just had today with Rob. If you'd like to learn more information about Santa Cruz Pride, you can go to santacruzpride.org. And then coming up next here on the Area 831 podcast, we'll be talking to Aaron Hine, the co-founder of LifeAid. Not an energy drink, but a health beverage. And it's a really, really good story. Uh, follow us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.